The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. My name is Jacob Wishoff, and I am an elder here of the Refuge Church. I've been a part of this church for about 10 years, a little over 10 years, and I had a really long and tiring week this past week, and uh, I feel very inspired to share with you guys um, from that experience, so I'm going to do that. Before we do that, we're going to enter a time of prayer, but before I pray, I I really want to encourage you guys, some of you guys that, that maybe feel as though you're praying and you've been praying for a long time and you haven't received an answer or maybe the answer that you're looking for you haven't received or um, you're feeling pretty helpless or down about it. My wife and I have been praying every night together, um, especially for different people in our community um, and people that are attached to our family um, for people that have been struggling with cancer. And I tell you, at one point, that list was probably about 10 people long. And over the last couple months, we've been able to scratch at least four names off. And so, in remission, not because they passed away. (laughs) So, I want to encourage you guys that even when you think your prayers aren't being answered, even when you feel like you're praying for things and it's taking forever, that some of the most unexpected things will happen. And that what is impossible by man's standard is not impossible for God. Um, so let's take, let's take uh, great joy in that. Let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you so much for this morning. And I thank you so much for just the different people that come here, that take a break out of their week to come and celebrate you together. And God, we recognize you as the true hope of this world. And we want to lift your name high, not only at the Refuge Church, but in Kitsap County and in Washington and in this world, Lord. I pray, God, a special blessing over those that are struggling with cancer this morning. As I think of Dave Frederick, we're praying for a miracle for him, Father. And we're praying for a miracle for um, Molly's dad and for Race's aunt and for Virginia Moore's mom. God, there are so many people who are suffering and we're asking that you would deliver healing to them. Father, I pray that you would be with us this morning. God, I pray that you would help us to feel refreshed and spark our hope for the week to come. In your name, amen. Evangelical writer Joshua Harris announces separation from his wife of 20 years. Kobe Bryant and daughter among nine dead in helicopter crash. Two dozen U.S. Marines were discharged after an investigation over their alleged involvement in drug crimes and a human trafficking operation along the border. New study, an eye-opener on how coronavirus is spreading and what little we know. 
If the news headlines weren't enough for you, a little over a couple weeks ago, I was handed a yellow invoice that came from a local funeral home from a youth and a former youth's mother for an expense that was first to be understood as the complete funeral cost for a fiance, son, and father. Through asking questions, it was found out that the family couldn't have a memorial, not because they weren't willing, but because they didn't have the funds to do so. A young man who was only 27 years old had passed away. Complications due to blood clots. We would call that natural causes. But how often do we hear about natural causes in young people? It's so sad. In an attempt to bless this young man's girlfriend, his one-year-old daughter, and parents, the elders of the refuge pulled together and decided that we would eliminate the entire cost and put together a memorial to honor his memory through the help of Coffee Oasis employees and refuge members. So if you helped, thank you. This was the first time I have ever officiated a memorial and I was really at a loss as to what to say because how could I begin to talk about hope when a mother and a father's dreams for their son had been completely shattered or that a young child would never truly know one of their parents or that a young woman became a single mother all in one instance. When events like the headlines we read earlier and what happened a couple weeks ago happened, the events themselves have a tendency to be much greater than one single action or outcome. My mind was actually blown because in the 10 years that I've worked for the Coffee Oasis, I've lost about a handful of youth and every single time this happens, I start to ask the same questions and they are, are there any true guarantees in life? Well, I did a mini lesson with the youth on Friday night at the youth center in Port Orchard and to be honest, their response was birth, death and taxes, which I wasn't shocked that they knew that. Another question is why do tragic things like this happen? Why are we sitting here this early celebrating an entire live that by all standards wasn't entirely lived. How can I or anyone offer hope in a time that seems so incredibly hopeless? So the big question that I want you to be asking yourself today is what hope do we have to offer a world that seems most of the time hopeless? And the big idea that I want to work through is that the glorious gospel is our only hope, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you guys to open your Bibles to Romans 3, 21 through 26, and I just want you to put your finger there, and you don't have to put it up on the screen yet. We're going to spend a great deal of time here, but before we read the verses, I wanted to tell you where this idea came from. So back in the earlier days of the Coffee Oasis, at least my tenure here um, in the refuge, I went through an internship that many people... Um, here wouldn't know about, but if you've been around for 10 or more years, you've probably heard about it, because I know Blaine and I were talking about it this morning, that when you came to the Coffee Oasis, you would actually go through an internship that involved a full study of the Bible, and it was paired with really good books like Desiring God, which they just started, and Knowing God, and then you were given a list of verses that you were to memorize. And that entire list was summed up as the glorious gospel. This is where you would see salvation laid out in a basic structure. 
and what it looks like for someone to live once they have believed. I actually have copies of these. They look like this in the back for you. So if you want to memorize those verses and be a part of that Coffee Oasis history, you can. Because they're good to remember in your times of stress. If you thought my title was clever, I borrowed it. It's from the sixth title heading. And I grabbed a verse from there as well. I really wanted to paint a true picture of what the hope is that we can offer. And I wanted us to marvel at the word of God this morning in light of so many tragic and unexpected events that make us feel helpless and hopeless. So what hope do we have to offer? Let's go ahead and look at Romans 3, 21 through 26. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Now, if we were to take this whole paragraph and sum it up, it would be righteousness by faith in Christ alone. Your righteousness is achieved only by faith in Christ alone. But instead of talking about that, we're going to kind of look at some of the smaller details that I believe Paul was putting here for us to look at to kind of see what kind of hope we can offer those who feel hopeless. Are you guys ready to go on this journey? All right. So the first point and the first thing that I want you to think today when it comes to what kind of hope we offer a world that feels hopeless is a hope that is for everyone. Notice in verse 22 This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. That's the NIV version. So in the ESV, it actually leaves out the word Jew and Gentile. And I believe it's to make us understand that this gospel message is for everyone. And that when we share, people can receive that message and become believers in Jesus. And we don't know who those people are. So that should spur us on and encourage us to share this hope with everyone. To strengthen this thought, let's take a look at Romans 10, 12 through 13. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Notice, all who call on him and everyone. I don't think that's a coincidence. This means that we have absolutely no reason not to share Jesus with someone that God has told us to share with. Salvation is for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord to be saved. All are welcome. And this gift is for everyone, no matter who you are, what you've done, your good qualities, your bad qualities, 
This is the hope for everyone. There's this internet meme that I was thinking about when I was thinking of this. We're going to go there. Everybody loves memes, and if you don't, you're sad, okay? I said it first. So um, there's a meme where there's this guy, and he looks like a security guard, you know, or like one of the bad guys from, like, Power Rangers, and he wears, like, a, he wears like this shirt and these glasses, and it says, you know, choose this or that. If you choose right, you may enter. And then the person who puts that meme up has a couple other memes. One is of a guy standing like this saying, you can't enter. And then one is of a guy holding a door open that you can enter. So say somebody was like, what is your favorite cheese? And somebody was like, Swiss. Then that person would go, sorry, I only like Gouda. You don't come in, homie. (laughs) And then the other person underneath really quick might say, Gouda? And then they go, right this way. But this is kind of like, I started to think as I was like laying in bed last night, just thinking about like God and how much he loves us and like how everyone's welcome. And I was thinking of this guy, but instead it was, he's standing there and he's like, so what, what are you going to say to me to get past this door? And the person's like, faith in Jesus, you may enter. So everyone that agrees, that believes that Jesus is that hope, enters. And what's encouraging about that is we don't know who's going to enter. So it should give us more excitement to share our faith and our hope with those that we live in community with and those outside of this community. Um, And I just thought of that. I know that's kind of weird, but that was like one of those things that was just like going in my mind, and I was like, this guy, right? So funny. Um, But the truth is, if you believe, that's the condition of faith. If you believe, you're saved. So two, hope for those who are far away from God. And I think this is kind of weird because you're going to look at me and say, Jake, you just said that it's for everyone. It's a hope for everyone. And I did. But I wanted to highlight this because I think we say those things sometimes and then we forget what that truly means. And we kind of like stay more reserved about sharing our faith because somebody might make us feel like we can't or maybe that person would never listen to me. But I wanted to share it so that we could think about how if it's for everyone and it's for those that are far away, how this has the ability to bring someone who feels separated and far away to reconciliation to God. Let's look at verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I really like this because it says all have sinned. And I think I'm reminded that the message of hope that we're trying to offer this world is the same message that we needed to hear at one point in our lives. Does that make sense? So the same message that they're looking for, the same hope that they are looking for is something that we have experienced already. So another thought I had when it came to this was how it kind of puts us all in the same boat. 
And it, and it just shows us that we don't add up. Because even on our best days, we aren't good enough. And the hope we are offering is a hope that was at one point offered to us that we had sinned and we had fallen short. But then our eyes and our hearts were open. And we felt that, that joy of, of not believing that, is this really real? This hope that's being offered to me, is this real? And we believed. But hop over to Galatians 3.22. But scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. And in the version I have, it says, but scripture has locked up everyone under sin. And so that means even the hardest people and I had a story that came to mind when I worked at a lumber yard. I worked with this guy who was just really rude to me all the time. He harassed me, knew I was a Christian, called me names. He said things that I would never repeat here. And I hated going to work because I know I'd have to deal with it every day. And um, it, was just, it was just a really horrible time in life. And I, and I remember one day I was walking into work, and here I was just walking in from my car, and this guy is following me slowly, and I'm like, what, what's this guy doing? Why is he following me? And he said, hey. And I go, yeah? He goes, you know that stuff you used to talk about? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, I believe. He's like, I, uh, I got saved over the weekend. And he goes, and I'm really sorry. And I was just like, <laughs> weird. Because, like, I just never would have expected this person who had thrown so many, like, fiery darts and hated me that would be, like, yeah, I believe now. Hi, brother. You know? And you're just like, I didn't expect that. But that's a cool story. So this hope is for those that are the farthest away. And even for those that we believe are too far away. The hope we have to offer can save those that are separated from God. And I wanted you to imagine this morning like this great divide where God is pretty far off. And we're, we're like reaching out. And we can't reach, right? But that in this divide, Jesus becomes what fills the divide to bridge a gap between you and God. So that now that hope that you trust, you can give to others. Third, hope that is a gift. If you look at verse 24, it says, And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. It was his work. This is a hope that was initiated by God in the grace that he alone offers, not from works. Let's look at Romans 4, 4 through 5. Now to one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. It's your due. It's your payment. You've earned it. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. Isn't that amazing? Let's look at verse 16. Therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. It's incredible. It's a gift. <clears throat> that when Jesus went to the cross as the propitiation or as the 
what appeased God's wrath. It had turned what we should have earned as wrath from us into favor. Incredible. If someone could earn it, then this grace would be what is due. However, you couldn't earn it. It was unmerited and free for those who would believe. To believe. The fourth thing I want you to notice today is a hope that is patient. I really like the wording in verse 25. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. It was a payment, a payment for death that sin had left. Through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith, he did this to demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his forbearance, that's a big word, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. In the NIV, it translates, instead of forbearance, kindness, tolerance, and patience. Forbearance literally means patient self-control, restraint, and tolerance. So his patience with us We should not take for granted, but it should lead us to faith and repentance in him. Because we know how patient he was. Isn't that incredible? Do you remember when you first realized how patient God was with you? It changed my life. Jesus' death literally turned God's wrath into favor. From that moment, someone comes to faith. Everything that has happened has literally been flipped. And everything that we need is present that moment, and that's faith in Christ. There's no further action needed to come to Jesus. It is simply to believe. So while we are beating ourselves up about things, or while we are being harsh on ourselves or others, remember, this is not the hope we have in Christ. The hope provided is a hope that changes a complete course. So we should be so much more patient in our love to self and others. Let's hop over to Romans 2.4. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? It's that same word, forbearance, patience. Not realizing that this kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. It's amazing. The hope is patient that those who hear would come to him His justice is so different from ours because if the table were turned, we most often wouldn't reflect that same heart. I also wanted to talk about how people aren't projects. They are people that breathe and live and make good choices and bad choices, just like we do. But this hope should build in our hearts a desire to see everyone come to Christ and a hope that will go to great lengths to see that happen. And it'll be patient. The message that they are hearing from us was the hope that we first believed. I said that earlier. So you have to realize that at the point we believed, we were in that same position, which means we have to see them as people and not projects. Five, a hope that shows how glorious our God truly is. So verse 26 He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just in the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. 
The word justified means to make right. God is the one who makes those that come to him right. The response of that person is accepted, which makes way for repentance and faith. Funny that it does not say, then mankind justified himself by. We don't have that option. It's just not possible. This entire hope was initiated by God through an invitation from the Holy Spirit. It is patient, and we are invited to come, and when we've seen all that God offers us through the glorious gospel, we can do nothing else but be in awe of his glory. So if I could go back to the memorial, I believe everyone would be happy to know that God allowed me to speak the truth at one of the hardest services I have ever spoken at. I spoke on the brevity of life and how we aren't guaranteed tomorrow. I talked about how we are reminded of what Jesus said to the disciples, that where I go, you cannot go. I'm going to my father's house, where, I'm, where my father's house has many rooms, and I'm preparing a room for you. That the hope Jesus offers carries eternal weight, and that if we understand what he is offering, no matter what happens, our eternity is still safe with him. So no matter the headlines, no matter what happens in your life, if your security is in Jesus, it's secure. It's part of that word. The glorious gospel is our only hope. This is the hope that we are offered through Jesus. So what do we do now, now that we talked about those five things? One, continue to pray for those you know do not believe or haven't accepted the glorious gospel as their hope. That's the real work. It's not what you're saying to them. It's not how you're living. It's God's spirit wooing them. So you're going to pray for those people. Remember, this is hope for everyone, that there's no one outside of everyone. It's everyone. And it may take time, so don't lose heart. We don't, need, we don't know what needs to happen in order for the story to take root in someone's heart. Two, listen to those around you and look for opportunities to share this hope. Earlier we read a bunch of headlines and then an event took place locally. Things are happening all around us that are like, where is hope? What hope do we have in all of this? What else is there? Is this it? Look for those. Listen. I'm reminded of a young man in my earlier days here at the Coffee Oasis that was out back sitting with me when we had a bench out back. And he was telling me about how he was wrongfully accused. And he, and he said that it ruined his entire life because he wasn't able to get jobs or he wasn't able to live a normal life because of the decisions that he had made or were being accused of being made. And as I listened, I started to tell him a story about another man who had been accused for something he hadn't done and then died because of that accuse, accusation. And as the story unfolds, I said, that man's Jesus. And Jesus loves you. And despite all the stuff you've been through, he can relate to you. And that kid says to me, you know, I never thought Jesus was cool until we talked. He said it was kind of wrong what they did to him. I was like, well, that's another conversation. <laughs> so look for those opportunities. Three, never lose hope in the story. Remind yourself that the story of hope that we have to offer is the story we first believed. We didn't come from the womb bought in. Something happened that left us at a crossroads where we had to respond. 
remind yourself of how great that hope first seemed when you first believed. And lastly, tell your story of hope. How did Christ and what he did become your hope? When you're in a spot and have a chance, tell your story. You love Jesus. Don't you want other people to love Jesus? If that's the case, you're going to talk about it. My cousin once told me that the things you love most are the things that you're going to talk about. We should all encourage each other to talk about Jesus more. In a world that offers so little in the way of guarantees, broken promises, overwhelming tragedies, our only hope is the glorious gospel of Christ. This hope is a hope for everyone. This hope is for those that are separated and far from God. This is a hope that is a gift that cannot be earned. You can't repay what he did for you. You can only believe. The hope is patient, and the hope shows us how truly glorious God is. Isn't that gospel worth following? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you came in the form of Jesus and died for us. God, open our hearts to believe the power of the hope we can offer people. Help us to not be afraid to share. Give us boldness, God. Even the ones that we think would never listen, show us ways that we can minister to those people. God, I pray that you'd be with us this week and remind us how glorious you are and how great this story truly is. In your son's name, amen.